This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fokotani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Hello, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. It's our, been our professional practice symposium today. That's been really neat, eh? Listening to everybody's korero <laughs> and, and uh, just, you know, getting, getting a feel for where everybody's at. I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And who are we introducing today? Today it is my great pleasure to introduce one of our colleagues, Jeremy Taylor. Um, Jeremy, I, I was talking to Jeremy before we started recording, and it feels like he's got a skin in all the games. He's a businessman, he's a teacher, he's a dad, he's he's just he's a remarkable human, and it's really neat to be able to spend some time um, talking to him because I I don't get to have face to face time with him. He's in Christchurch, I'm in Fakatani, but um, you know this opportunity to get to know him a little bit better is really neat. And thanks for spending time with us today, Jeremy. Thank you um, for offering to be part of it. And kia ora, Sam, and kia ora, Mawera. Nice, nice to see you. And you. So, Jeremy, how has your bubble life been? That's an interesting question, pre or post-COVID. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the, a difference. The concept of bubbles came about through COVID. So uh, during mm-hmm. during the first COVID, how did during the first lockdown, how did that go? Yeah, it was oh, very, very much challenge, shall we say. Um, the restaurant we have here in Christchurch, the Sichuan Kitchen, um, was closed, say, during during first um, lockdown. So that was a very challenging um, period, to be honest. We really didn't know um, where things were going. Um, and, I mean, if you remember back at that stage, um, there was no certainty that the lockdown would have finished as it, as it, as it, as it had um, or that there would be subsequent lockdowns here in Christchurch. So. Oh, that was an interesting um, time, challenging time. Um, but yes, we did get through that, and uh, the restaurant is back open. Um, quite interesting as well that a lot of the learners um, that I worked with had time over that time. So although the restaurant wasn't open, it was a pretty stressful period for the amount of work that was coming through. So it, you know, I, I think I need to preface that although our restaurant was closed, it wasn't it wasn't quiet period here in Christchurch by any means possible. So yeah, there you go. Because our our jobs are supporting people's professional practice, and people's professional practice was turned mm-hmm. upside down. Yeah, it was, and I mean, putting my two cents uh, on it, I think, um, yeah, there has been a lot of a lot of struggle. I don't know your perspective, what you're seeing. Um, some learners that I've been working with have um, lost their jobs, if, if I can, allowed to say that. Um, some learners have had to reposition um, themselves into into what where, where we're going. Um, including us with our restaurant as well, to try and um, take into consideration that we don't have any international students now, or almost none. And our tourists, of course, have completely disappeared. So what you see in the, in the media, of course, about um, hospitality being affected, I can um, confirm that it's very much the case. Um, but in saying that, it's a big shout out to um, the local population of uh, Christchurch who have you to support us as well. Um, that's, that's, gosh, you know, can't, can't thank them enough, really, um, that they continue to come in and patronise and keep us going through some very uh, dark periods. May, May and June of July and winter are never a strong time hospitality. But we survived. We survived. Have did the life. did you take the opportunity, or were you forced into some kind of rethink of how the the restaurant operated? Yep, um, a little bit more is you have to uh, doing online orders, um, and we continue to work with um, Uber Eats, and I'm probably not allowed to talk publicly about some of those. Issues. 
may have seen in the media. It's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek there. Um, Uber has an interesting arrangement, but we've continued to work with them. Um, and some local partners as well to promote the, um, the online ordering um, a bit um, and sort of deal with the best we can. Unfortunately, our food, though, um, doesn't lend itself as well to the in-dining experience. The food is just better really hot. And no matter how you frame or, or, or package it up to get it out to customers, it's just not as good, really. And, and that's what we always like to promote. Um, uh, what what we have in in dining, but you know, in saying that, we did we did manage it and rely on our uh, partners as best as we can to to um, to get over the the very um, tough time. Yeah, you'd have to send it out with a sizzling rock. Yes, yeah, exactly. Everyone, all the providers try to do it. It's just you know the the nature of food relying really on chili. It just when it cools down, it's just not the same. You know, um, it, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's not. It's not the same. You come into the restaurant to to try it, and that's just the the reality. And and you know, other restaurants, cafes, even have commented on the struggle that they've that they had to sort of go through. <laughs> you know, going to online deliveries and so forth. Because you have to. I understand that. Um, that with with COVID conditions, there was no choice. We wanted to stay in business, really. You've got to meet those conditions. But I have to say, being at level one in um, Christchurch, we are happy that uh, that, that is the situation and um, people can, can, can come back and re-engage with the food, of course. Did it take long after we were allowed back out for people to get back into the restaurant, the, the dining as a, as a social experience to restart? Inter- interesting question. First lockdown, no, um, but the pe- actually people were straight back in um, coming co- coming back to the restaurant. But, you know, the, the other problem we've had in Auckland with um, the, the sort of up and down yo-yo effect there, we noticed people then in those more more recent um, COVID outbreaks, shall we say, people were a little bit more reluctant to come out. Um, so so everyone was uh, straight back in, I, we, we found, um, at the end of the first lockdown. But with those subsequent lockdowns or, or yo-yoing a bit in Auckland, that was, that was an issue for us, yeah, unfortunately. That second lockdown was a bit strange, wasn't it? Because it was a bit of a tension mm. between that feeling of, we've done this, we can do it again. And yep. I think people felt more uneasy the second time round. Yep, correct. And that's what we saw. Less, less customers, sure. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have you two, the one. Why this ah. one? Just like the song, really. I was, uh, you know, it's always a tough question when you get asked what would be um, two two songs that you really like, and, and it's, uh, it's an oldie. Um, you know, I'm showing my age a little bit, so I've chosen one and more an older song, probably a more um, contemporary New Zealand-based uh, <laughs> singer. So contrast there. Like them both, Sam. Really. Is it getting better Or do you feel the same Will it make it easier on you now You got someone to blame
how's Christchurch doing? Oh, yeah. Um, better. <laughs> better, shall we say. Obviously, uh, the listeners who be listening perhaps today's um, talk will be well aware of all the issues that have been in Christchurch over the last few years. Um, and and I'd, I'd, I'd have to say, looking optimistic, pleasing to see we're getting some of those signature rebuild um, projects either having been completed um, or or actual decisions finally to move them ahead. Um, don't want to get into politics of all of that because some of the listeners will um, be well aware and how, how slow things have been. But yeah, optimistic. Um, be honest, looking forward to summer really um, and some time outside. I think the whole, the whole city and some of the great outdoor events that um, can still go ahead of course as well. We did a um a participatory sort of workshop with computing lecturers around the country um, about their experience of teaching through through COVID. And mm-hmm. the Christchurch people were quite strong on the fact that they knew how to teach through disruption because they'd done it before. Yes, with the earthquakes, yeah. Is that a, is that a thing that, that other stuff is also water off a city's back? I think it's probably a fair comment because everyone probably has their own opinions and I suspect a lot of people, if you entered them, probably could get quite heated <laughs> with some of the um, ways have been managed. Um, but overall, I think it does breed um, an ability of resilience would be one um, way to answer that. So yes, and another way is probably being a little bit more innovative to uh, continue of how to work. At least for my own circumstances with learners and so forth, working online is not new. It's quite comfortable. Um, assuming you have a reasonable uh, connection, which I do, many, which other people in Christchurch typically have. Um, yeah, it's fine. And encourages you to do new ways of doing things as well and looking at, at problems. Yeah, so. During the earthquakes, Christchurch saw quite a lot of communities responding to support themselves. And in this case, communities couldn't get together to do that. But did, did was there a sense of community pulling together? From my understanding, sure, because there was obviously online groups that you could sort of get involved with. I mean, take your pick what was in uh, what was being offered in Facebook as an example. Although I'm I'm aware there are some issues associated with uh, some of those but typically yeah there was lots of um, stuff to get available and I think probably at least in my own circumstances reconnecting with family as well um, you know uh, my family's not located in or my my family so my wife's family Christ, but my uh, my own family's located across um, the country but um, yeah definitely an opportunity to to engage and just speaking from my own personal experiences that's something I um, did do and uh enjoyed yeah as well and the how was the the teaching the kids oh gosh that was um at times a struggle <laughs> i'd love to hear what some others have um reflected on that because you know you sometimes hear oh it was a week um no i would call it a joy i'd call it a useful learning experience um and i think you know a, a full shout out to my son's school at least elmwood normal i think they did extremely well uh, Brendan Harper was a teacher I'm happy to point out of how his learning was managed I still think you know and this is an interesting discussion with children that we can't put everything online they need that social interaction um, and at least you know I'm I'm you know notionally an educator shall we say I could see the gap that has was being offered yes zoom what that tool was, that was being used is um, helpful yes it's useful and if you have a highly um, uh, organized uh, teacher, Justin had, um, that uh, it provides an opportunity um, to continue learning. Agreed. I think, though, it's just, you know, it, with children, I do think um, there's the the social element and there's also the element of being involved in classroom and learning in person um, with other learners. Um, and, and I, 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 you know, at least, you know, because you asked me the question um, over that period, I think there's limits to online learning for, for younger um, learners. So can I, if I can say I'm very pleased that we're all back. <laughs> and um, that, that there's the opportunity to have both, shall we say, because they still have the opportunity for online learning. Um, but I don't see it as a replacement by any means. Um, and, I'm, I, and also having talked about this with other learners that I um, work with, shall we say, at Capable, um, I could just see how true it was for them as well to have, having to manage their own 
children's learning, uh, at, you know, during that time, because um, there was a lot of expectation from schools to to be really, uh, you know, managing it and making sure it was it was going well. Um, and so, as as I say, at times I found it um, a little challenging, shall we say? Um, but but still, you know, what else are we supposed to do? It was something that needed to happen, and and it did happen. But can I say, please, that everyone's back at school now? <laughs> Very. There's been quite a range of reported approaches that people, that schools took, and and perhaps that parents took. Some some of them took very much a, a, a you must be present and it must you must be online and now we're doing maths type approach. And other places took more of a well, let's do some you know do some projects. Be good if we could you know, build a fort in the back garden and that would be a good way of learning maths. Where did your school fit on that sort of continuum? Yeah, that's a good, probably for both. There was uh, the younger child uh, had structured um, learning, whereas I believe, if I remember, for the older for Katie, there was a little bit of a little bit of um, both um, going on. Uh, both projects that sort of managed by by the learner, but also times where the you know they needed to front up and be on the on the Zoom camera. Yeah, both actually. Are your kids old enough to have decent discussions about what was happening in the world? Uh, good question. Um, Twelve and ten. So yes, they 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 are beings that can that can hold down discussions. Um, and so maybe leading your question, did we have discussions about COVID and the whole world and so forth? Yeah, I guess, I guess we did really. Um, you know, you know, I guess it's probably appropriate to share. You haven't asked it, but I'll share it. My background in China. Um, and, you know, we did have those discussions, shall we say, about the Wuhan and the China virus, um, you know, with President at the time, <laughs> Donald Trump, um, commenting a little bit about that. We had we had those discussions in the household as well. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, we did. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arohanui, kia koutou, ko tāhoahau. Oh, had a whusu star, beloved sitters. We hope you are, there is happening all that we want together. Very sustained, learning you, each to who you are. Thank you. So beautiful people, exciting days, wonderful for all about it. Very exciting morning Christmas tree, the giant tree, established in the octagon heart of Portugal. And such a beautiful tree. And of course, it's elaborate sculpture made from a series of interlong rings, metal rings that become smaller and smaller to the point a piece of artificial tree lodged into them. Very clever, super beautiful. And of course, there's lots of lovely coloured baubles on the tree. And so as luck would have it, I was driving by and I saw the math tree being established. And so I did lots of photos and videos of everyone. It's very exciting. Put the word out. And I went out to Beautiful Heart's home, Otoko Sanctuary, and I met my friend who'd walked all the way there <laughs> at 70-something years old and training climb Mount Taranaki, which was very impressive. And climbed it as a younger person who's wanted to climb again, which is amazing. And so I had a lovely time showing her through the forest. And then my wonderful godfather, father, figure, father, dad and I completely re-established Hey Hey HQ into the very fancy new Hey Hey HQ for Countess Vera Roscoff, Lady Yardley and Miss Lemon. Naughty Poirot was chasing them around and had to be put inside. <laughs> but I'm sure it will all sit down. But of course they haven't wanted to go into the new Hey Hey HQ. They've just enjoyed roosting in this big pile of branches. So good on them. They seem to be having a really nice time. And I did a big tidy up of the previous Hey Hey HQ and turned it into an outdoor courtyard for human animals. So it's been a very exciting day. And I've had a wonderful time just really enjoying being at home and having a bit of time at home, engaging with all my beloved kids here at Womanshan and really tuning into that sense of privilege that I feel to be around all these other life forms. I think it really is a privilege. And I had a wonderful time going to bar and we've begun our end of your self-care challenge. And of course, again, this you know, such a pleasure, such a privilege to be able to really focus on caring for ourselves and doing this elevate our consciousness. And I'm just so grateful that I have found ways to do this so that I can feel really good and contribute to my best aspect. For me, this is really important. And people often say, you know, 
how can you be so positive and you know I just think it's really important to give the best that we can and and I think everybody is doing their best and giving the best that they can but sometimes it's not understood as consciously as giving a gift and giving a gift to ourselves because when we bring out the best and share the best aspects of ourselves we feel the best that we can so we're gifting the world around us those aspects we're also giving to ourselves the opportunity to feel the best that we can feel so after having about a week of being highly self-indulgent and not feeling very good as a result i am firmly resolved to this end of year and indeed lifetime of self-care program which is very exciting and feeling much better for it so i really hope that for all of you whatever other life forms are around you that you're really enjoying bringing out the best in yourself and each other and i look forward to talking tomorrow thanks so much you're listening to blowing bubbles we're talking with jeremy taylor Jeremy, we've seen lots of societal level changes over the last few months. What do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? That's a good question. And I've thought um, uh, about that. Two areas, although you could maybe argue that they're under a bigger heading. Um, I think the flexibility of being away from work or being able to do um, more work from home. That's something I've sort of really, it's become a lot of a bigger issue for some of the learners that I've worked with that previously their their organisation company really were not open to that idea, but they've seen how, how well it has worked. And that's definitely something um, I see as, 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 you know, making a change, you know, so people having more flexibility. Um, and not being managed so much on the hours they work, but being managed on the output or or, or the success of what they're completing um, to do. And that that really, I think, um, should should be um, something that should stick really, because um, it's showing that we that we can do it really. I would preface that though. I'd like to say I don't see online learning or everything replacing, say, face-to-face contact some, you know, in some capacity with, with our learners, um, although I'm well aware that sometimes online delivery, that's the only way. Um, I do think meeting up, like like we all do with our learners time to time where possible, it does add an additional element um, to, to the relationship shall we say so it's something i i work um to do so i think i think it's still it's still needed um but just having a little bit more flexibility in how we go about things i think really (laughs) it's needed you know not being managed again at how long you work but what actually do at the day Uh, i think that that needs to be more front and center and just having the flexibility um from being chained to a desk (laughs) i think everyone um, will uh, appreciate that, you know. It'd be interesting to see what research emerges um, as a result of uh, everyone having a little bit more flexibility and being able to work from home a little bit more um, to see what impact that has on productivity, you know. It'd be interesting. Have you noticed that people, learners, so professional people working, have you noticed a bit of a change in how they think about their work? It's not so much about this is what I do as this is what this is why I do, and that maybe I have to find different ways of achieving that why. So it's not so much about the I have these meetings, but having to rethink how they do work. Yeah, that that would be part of it, or new ways of doing it come a little bit more. What's the word? That sort of moving away from, say, the established culture as a result of what's happened. Yes, I think that's fair. Interestingly, I can't mention any names. I have worked with a few, a couple of learners that, as a result of their qualification, have um, decided that because of having time to study, because they couldn't be um, at uh, work because of COVID, that they've decided to leave their roles that they want to go and find something else with their lives um you know um and and i think that's probably a good thing um that they've had the chance to step back and go well is this job right for me so i think sam you know that's that's linked coming up with new ways of doing things but also really reconsidering um by having so much time at home what is it that you really want to do with your life and and there's been a couple of interesting examples that i've had with learners that have completely reevaluated. um their roles with what they're doing yeah it's I've, um, I've found that too actually i've quite a few people uh in my social circle have just decided that's it 
I just mm. don't want to be spending 50 or 60 hours a week anymore doing this and being away from my family and having no satisfaction and I just want, don't want to do it. And yeah. some have even sold their houses, some have remortgaged at a low, you know, at, at this low interest rate. There's just so many different things that people have done and just said, I, I want the change, I want a life. Yeah, and, exactly. So I, I, I think we'll have... I don't want to say realise, that's the right word, but gained a greater awareness that they, that they could be doing. <laughs> I hope that's it to say that. Lots of us appreciated the opportunity for that reset and that, that rest in some form during the, the lockdown. Even if we were struggling with, with businesses and so on, there was still a, a, a time that we did spend more time with our family and more time in our garden and on the street near us. And we, lots of people noticed that this isn't too bad. Maybe this is a, a, a better way of working. But then there was an awful lot of rushing back to work and rushing back to being busy as soon as we were allowed. Do you <laughs> yeah. think we're addicted to being busy? That's quite a tough question. I don't know if it's addicted to being to be busy, but addicted to um, doing something. Or, or if I could, if I could re. Think about that question, struggle of dealing with silence or not having um, the busy in your environment, perhaps. That's what probably I, I think sometimes people, not just learners, um, really struggle to deal with it. They're not always perhaps doing something. And so that's probably a bigger thing, just being busy. It's just what's what's filling your life, really. And for a lot of individuals, that's going to be work, isn't it? Um, and, and, and escaping the house. <laughs> Which many people were probably only too happy to get outside of the house again um, and back to something else. So perhaps too early to judge that. Let's wait and see a little bit. But I, I think it's a struggle of, of of not having enough in one's life to deal with um, perhaps that, that, that long period of, of having faced oneself in some ways, not only family, but just thinking about what it is that you're doing. So um, people fill it with other things, I guess. The be kind message resonated well across the country why do you think it was so successful yeah it's something i think the rest of the world could learn from am i allowed to say that <laughs> with what's going on the rest of the world so um, yeah is that a value to share i don't i, I i'm just putting it out there uh, that made it um work i think it's more that people recognize that if we don't get in behind it and that that still may be something to be analyzed further potentially if there's any further um uh returns to level three or four to see how well the, the country coped but up now i can say based on the available evidence it was a, a shared value that allowed um people to come together and go well look we better actually um be nice because <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of choice here, but I, I'd say I think that that shared value of country um, and a shared belief that actually collectively doing it's going to bring about more positive outcomes. Something I think the rest of the world could could learn without trying to sound patronising. Um, yeah, thank you. One of the things we've been thinking about is why did it take a, a crisis for us to be kind? But maybe if it was a shared value, maybe we already were being kind. And this was just a reminder, and that's why it worked. Sure, or or, or, or affirming that it is something that is important. Yes, so it was an espoused uh, point of behaviour that we should be doing, and as a result, people went, "Yeah, well, probably I have been, or, or trying to be nice to the neighbours or or the people that are living around me." Let's um, say that that was always the case. I know there was a rise in domestic abuse and so forth, and I don't want to gloss over that over that period. But as a as a society, it's an, it's something we are aiming towards. And at the end of the result, made you feel better, really. Um, for you know, everyone um, got something out of it. So yeah, for sure. And and looping back to the the well being. There was the element of be kind, which wasn't explicit, but I think that people have managed to take that from it, is it's also about being kind to yourself. Well, isn't it? That, that, that was what, yeah, exactly what I was saying, um, that you know, by basically having a, a mandate, be kind to everyone, you're probably having yourself, not, not so hard. To, so to go back to one of those earlier questions said about people all being really busy, because it wasn't forced lockdown or people forced to slow down, it probably encouraged you to act a little bit more like that. And now that's appeared, you know, and people are going back to the, the busy, the busyness of their lives. So um, 
you know, that's perhaps struggle really to keep it going when, when there's so much going on. I don't have an answer there, but um, if I can myself, I do try to take time away. So for me, that involves fishing or skiing or something that's non, non-work-based. non and, and I think that's a way to deal with all of these issues. So be kind to yourself through doing an activity that you like doing. Yeah. You promised us something new and New Zealand. So let's have Benny Super Lonely. Why this one? Um, it's current. <laughs> I, like, I like it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's slightly quirky. And, you know, showing that you, you don't have to be like everyone else and come up with music like that. It's, um, it, it's still good and still successful. Yeah. I know I fucked up. I'm just a loser. Shouldn't be with ya. Guess I'm a quitter while you're out there drinking. I'm just a thinking about whatever I should have been. I've been lonely. The ceiling. I knew this would happen. Still hard to believe it. Maybe I'm dramatic. I don't wanna see me. I don't wanna panic. I'm a sad girl in this big world. It's a mad world. All of my friends, though it's heaven, you're a bad thing. Slowly sinking, bubbles in my eyes now Maybe I'm just dreaming Now I'm in the sad club Just trying to get a back up I'm a sad girl In this big world It's a mad world All of my friends Know what's happened You're a bad thing that I'm doing in my doctorate is looking at the um, how imagination impacts on the decisions that we make and the absence of imagination, um, how that impacts on our ability to make decisions. So, so looking, you know, I'm, you're the father of kids who are about the same age as mm. my kids. And what I've observed is that kids who lack imagination struggle to see past COVID. So they become really stuck in the trauma of a thing that they struggle to understand. 
and I see it in, in the, my son's friends' groups, um, and then I see the kids who have got a well-developed imagination are able to see past it. And I wondered if you'd had any experience of that with your kids and their friends. Yeah, um, if if I can, I think that at least in in my experience, um, they they handled it pretty well. I don't I didn't see any residual um, negativity or um, feeling at a loss during that period. They actually quite enjoyed lockdown <laughs> a lot. Um, for the, back to an earlier question, I said about actually being in a classroom with other learners um, and having some teacher engagement in person. So they were really happy and um, had great talks with their classmates. And as part of that, or from what I could see, um, yeah, they came up with new things or, you know, their recommendation was that they would have uh, um, online learning for the rest of the year. That wasn't going to happen, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in our house, but there was an imagination or a, an you know, something that was non-linear in some ways because they were thinking outside of the box a little <laughs> that they could have had, you know, because they enjoyed online learning so much that maybe they could have it for the for the rest of the year. Um, so you know, that was fun, shall we say, um, for them. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? And um, I found the same with Jack. Jack's preference would have been to continue online learning uh, all the way to the end of the year and never have to go back to school. And uh, and I, do, I just found it really funny because I thought that it was the social part of it that he would miss the most. Yeah, sure. He seemed to prefer his online social engagement to his actual real-world social engagement, which is yep. kind of funny, isn't it? But that's the world that they live in now. Similar to me, uh, um, yes. You know, oof, yeah, and that has interesting challenges. Of course, the old online um, environment and and you know uh, people people's role in that. Um, yeah, I try to keep an eye on all of that. Gosh, responsible online engagement um, as <laughs> as best as I can. Um, yeah, and they 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 enjoyed it. Perhaps maybe too much, isn't it? That <laughs> they didn't want to go back to. To school, um, you know, I think there's a there's a need for both. I, I I I I think online learning has its place, and it was a fantastic experience. But at that sort of younger age, to to have a little bit more, in, you know, personal engagement with the learner and the teacher in the classroom is also needed. Glad to have it back. <laughs> as a parent, and then also as an educator. Do you think that we run the risk of our kids spending too much time in someone else's imagination? Like if you look, consider an app or whether it's um, something like YouTube where all the content is developed or a game where all the content is developed and all of that has come from someone else's imagination, that there's, do you, where do our kids have space to be creative in their own thinking when they're always immersed in someone else's creativity? Yeah. Although you could argue that they'll get creative from all of that and create their own creations, and I accept that argument. But I tell you, it is challenging um, with what's available. So you'd say, well, no YouTube in our this is not my house. I'm just saying the argument. There's no YouTube in our house. There's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. Um, there's no TikTok. I mean, that's just something you know that's one argument you could say because then you become too influenced and in, in many ways negatively impacted and I can see that um, with my own daughter of spending too much time through social media shall we say um, I just I, it's it's trying to manage their usage that's all I can say I I, I, I think saying oh well they're not going to use it um, you'd be kidding yourself they'll find a way of Getting it behind your back. I, I know that mm -hmm. might sound a bit a bit out there, but if 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 a child really wants to get access to this material, they're going to find a way. So you've just to try and limit the time. But even that's fraught with difficulties because there's a time. For example, there's a time when the school says you need to go on to YouTube or you are required to watch something like that. So then you're policing what's what you're required to watch. 
going to then slip into something that could be a little bit more questionable. So not easy. Um, I, don't, oh. I don't think in today's, today's interview the answer is going to be solved. Um, yeah, just trying to manage it, um, but not always that successfully, <laughs> to be quite honest. So I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest okay. success you've had in the last year or so? Probably, yeah. That's what is that through capable or the anything you um, like. Gosh, uh, I would say with capable, it's the amount of learners that I've been able to get through to assessments, Sam. <laughs> um, you know, uh, just to the, get them over to the end. You know, there's been, you know, and I'm sure you're probably seeing this, both of you, that your learner, the le everyone's tired. It's just, you know, it's been a long year. Um, and um, I think to be able to get the numbers of learners that have got through, you know, for me to pass successfully, that, that's, been, that's been an achievement. Second achievement would be that we're still open at the restaurant and doing reasonably pretty well given the conditions in the Christchurch hospitality sector. Um, you know, so I, I I think we've hit on the spot with our with our offering, and that's been really successful. So that's really um, helpful. And then the third thing, if I can um, say, it was with my own um, doctorate to be getting close to the learning agreement stage to get that submitted. Um, you know, oh gosh, um, with any study uh, that we that we do, um, it's to be mindful of um, not to be, you know, to, to allow enough time to, to get something achieved, but to break it down. Um, and, and, and I'm I'm up for my learning agreement to be submitted uh, early next year. <laughs> and when I first started doing this in the learning agreement, uh, sorry, in the, in the lockdown, I was like, oh, gosh, yes, I have time to do it, but I'm not really in the frame of my might to be completing it and that is almost now at the end of its journey so that's three things i think that's more than enough yeah we could go on so we're writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team okay. of people doing good work so you are in the team what is the superpower that's got you into our mansion uh persistence that's it one word you can put me down mr persistent I've had a couple of learners um, that have said the only reason why they're, why, why they're completing it is I keep going back to them. There you go, persistent. I like to be short <laughs> and sweet. That's the word. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? In what respect? In whatever you like. Well, sure. Quite an annoying activist. <laughs> you can put me down for but I think you have to be oh you know because you asked me the questions of being what you've what you know what you've achieved you know yes the learners um, have taken the reins but you know just because there's been so much disruption so much um, drama for lack of a better word and challenges and their own learning the, the learners lives uh, that you just have to try and fit in there and that means being persistent so a persistent activist fine you can quote me as that so what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning oh that's a tough one um doing the little things every day and and getting some wins quick wins there um through those those um positive incremental changes i don't see i almost never i know i don't see um massive wins that come from nowhere it's just doing little things every day that build to better successes there you go <laughs> there's a quote probably from somebody else not me <laughs> and what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so oh, that's a good one um continuing uh to expand my knowledge working with learners in new ways and having learners um complete and that will be more There'll be more learners in 2021 um, that need that assistance, that guidance, reflection to get over the line. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Keep doing what you enjoy. That's what, what, what got, 
got me through. Um, you know, I've been involved in roles or positions I haven't <laughs> really enjoyed. So I do, you know, the comments that I mentioned earlier about some learners going, well, I needed to find something else. Um, that's resonated with me because I've been, I've been there. So you know, keep. If you haven't found what you enjoy, then you really need to get with it. Because I think, if anything, 2020 has shown us that the world isn't really um, a predictable place. Huh? Who would have thought this time last year we would have been through what we've been in now? So if now, not when. Find something you do want to engage and enjoy with. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mawera. Well, you just nailed it. Actually, that's exactly right. Find the thing and go and do it um, because life is short and unpredictable. But um, I just think it's really neat that no matter what adversity um, life has thrown at you in the last year, and there has been adversity, Jeremy, you are still a positive and happy and wonderful human, and thank you for sharing with us today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Not always happy <laughs> trying to deal with what we've been in, but try to be positive. Uh, oh, yeah, but thank Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying. I follow. I try to follow my own advice about li liking what what we do. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you much for joining us.
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Backman Turner Overdrive taking care of business. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Pakatani and in Christchurch, Jeremy Taylor. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.